Anyways, he was in the youth group with me, and uh, or he was in the youth group that I that I led there, and we it was just a great time. You you know sometimes where you kind of feel disjointed and out of place and things like that. Well, this was the total opposite. It was like a socket in a joint, you know, and it was a perfect fit. And I mean, we saw awesome things happening. I remember going into Dan's office a lot, and you know, there's struggles with everything, right? In life, there is just struggles. There's, it's just going to happen. And it's just how we process it and how we deal with it and what we do. But I remember going in Dan's office a lot and just thinking, and just breaking down on him. And just being like, Dan, I don't know if I can do this anymore. What's going on? Am I wrong to be thinking this? Am I wrong? You know, whatever. And him just helping me through certain situations and things like that. And I really miss that about Dan. I mean, I can call him on the phone and things like that, but it's just not the same when you're not, like, just around somebody, you know? And uh, Spokane, Washington isn't the most beautiful place, but uh, <laughs> sorry if anybody's here from Spokane. Oh, Kenny just got mad. Kenny just got mad. <laughs> it really isn't, okay? I'm sorry. But it's a great place. It's got great people. It's not about the place. It's about the people. But we had, we, we had a great time there in Spokane. I was there for about three years and uh, started off in the kids' ministry. Kate, or was it third through the fifth grade? And I remember that, and that was... Whew. Thank the Lord for children's workers, okay? Thank God for children's workers because that's a very crucial time in somebody's life, but also it takes a special gift to do it. It really does. It takes a special gift to teach Jesus to some of those little kids and to get them to calm down for just a second so you can tell them. That's the whole key. Bribe them with candy until the message is over and then just throw it out. <laughs> that's, at least that's what I always did. Right or wrong, that's what I did. <laughs> But um, but I just want to open up with just praying this morning. So if you just bow your heads with me. And um, I have a message that I really think that I'm supposed to preach. And so let's just pray real quick. So, Father, I just want to thank you right now. Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. Lord Jesus, for no other reason that we come into this place on a Sunday morning, Lord Jesus, is just to tell you how good you are. Father, you are good. In each situation in our life, Lord Jesus, when times may look the exact opposite, when situations may point to the exact opposite, Lord Jesus, you're always good. And so, Father, today I just want to ask that you would just open our hearts and you would open our spirits to what it is that you want us to hear, Lord Jesus. I pray that it just wouldn't be words coming from a platform, Lord Jesus, but it would be the Holy Spirit-inspired words touching individuals' lives. Father, give me the words to... uh, to, to say, to relay this message that I feel like you have given me. And Father, right now, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome. We take down our walls. We take down all of our preconceived ideas of how it should look and what it should be. Father, and we ask that, Holy Spirit, you would just come into this place and minister to lives. Begin to touch lives right now, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we just want to give you the rest of this time, and we ask you just to have your way. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen? All right. All right. So I don't know what you guys. Uh, for me, I, I, my mind runs a whole lot during the day. My mind constantly runs. And so I have to quietly calm myself, whether that's through prayer or whether that's through just meditating on the word or whatever it is for me to actually kind of hear God and be for sure that I heard God because my mind's always racing. I'm always thinking about this over here or that over there. But uh, I was down in Houston, Texas last week. And um, and this is before I mean, I was just coming up here to hang out. And uh, I had this dream, and, I, and God does speak to me through dreams. I guess that's sometimes the only way he can get a hold of me, <laughs> you know? And so I had this dream, and this dream, 
I was up on a I was up on a platform and I was ministering about hope deferred. Hope deferred. And I thought and, I, and when I woke up, I knew it was from God. And I thought, where does this fit? What does this do? And then Dan kind of called me later and said, hey, would you like to minister? And I thought, yeah, I think I know what to talk about. <laughs> if this is what it's about. And uh, but God spoke to me in that dream. And I know he did because he's done it to me multiple times in my life. I remember when I was in when I was trying to figure out where to go to college and everything like that. And he spoke to me and he told me where to go to college in the dream. It wasn't like God's actual voice speaking to me. But it was through certain situations in the dream that I landed on this one campus. And I knew that that was God speaking to me. And it was kind of like the same. I mean, this dream that I had was kind of on the same path. And it was about hope deferred. How many of you know anything about hope deferred? The Bible talks about it, actually. And uh, if you look throughout the Bible, there's many situations that hope deferred is present in people's life. And, and so what I want to do today is minister on hope deferred. It's actually a topic that I've never really actually ministered a whole lot about. And I'm not saying that we're all here and we're all deferred and our hope is gone or anything like that. But I know it applies to people's lives in here this morning. And I know it applies to my life. Because God wants to get, get rid of the hope deferred in our lives so he can move us on into the next stages. Does that make sense? When we're holding on to the past and we're holding on to things back here, we can't move forward in what he's saying. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And there are certain things that we do need to hold on to and we do need to grasp to. But there's other thing that God's just saying, hey, let go. Let go. Let go. It's time to go. It's time to go. And actually saying, I'm moving. Come with me. So this is, this, this is uh, Proverbs 13, 12. And this is what it says. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it goes on to say, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled, or you could put a dream, a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, why does it say that? Why does it say hope deferred? Hope deferred. And let me give you a definition real quick. Hope deferred. It means to put off to a later date or to postpone. Hope. To put off our hope. I feel like in my own life, and maybe even in, in, in uh, some of your guys' life, is that we put our hopes in certain things sometimes, whether that's family, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in certain things. And we have these preconceived ideas of how it's all going to turn out, and it goes the opposite way. Anybody ever done it? Has life ever done that to you? You have a relationship or, a, or, a, or I mean, anything in your life, and you have it planned out in your mind that this is what it's supposed to look like, and this is what it's, where it's supposed to go, and this is what we're supposed to do, and all of a sudden it boom, takes off that way. And now you're standing in the middle going, that's not even what I thought it was going to happen. And sometimes it can be for the good, but most of the time, most of the time it, 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 it's not so good. And we try to sit there and we figure it out. And that's what the Bible is calling hope deferred. It means to postpone, to put off. It's not what we originally, what, what we originally thought. Chuck Swindoll wrote this about hope. It says, hope is something as important to us as water is to a fish. As vital as electricity is to a light bulb, as essential as air is to a jumbo jet, hope is basic to life. Without the needed spark of hope, we are doomed to a dark, grim existence. And it's true. If we don't have something, if we don't have a hope on the inside of us, if we don't have something that we're hoping for, and I'm not talking about faith here, I'm not talking about hope. If we don't have something on the inside of us that, that, that we have hope in something, then where are we going? 
where are we going? Are we just living out this life just to get it over with? Because, because God, God, no matter what you think, he is a good God. And I know we believe that in here this morning. But he wants to come back and he wants to put a new hope into our lives. Because my hope for last year isn't going to work for, my hope, for, for me this year. I need something new. I need something new. Yes, I always have Jesus. And yes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I need some new hope for today. Because, I mean, I promise you, you can look in, in, even into your past. And I have many, many things in my past where hope was deferred and I thought life was over. Matter of fact, I, I really didn't think that I was going to be even, like, doing this in the future. Just like, I don't know, what was it, two or three years ago? It was a rough time. It was a rough time. Um, me and my wife, we separated. And this is, I mean, this, this is my wife from Spokane, Washington. We grew up together and things like that. And you want to talk about hope deferred? <laughs> you want to talk about no hope left in your life? It's tough. It's tough. And my hope was deferred. I mean, the devil came and he took advantage of that situation. And he came and he, you know, he made me feel, well, he made me, he made me feel horrible. Because, I mean, that things weren't right in the relationship and stuff like that. And there wasn't any immorality or anything going on. But he came and he took advantage of the situation and stole hope away from it. And as that, and as that happened, I thought, Lord, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I thought I knew what you wanted me to do. I thought I had a clue. But now this happens? What am I going to do now? And all of a sudden, hope was gone. And you know what? It took me about a year and a half to grab it back. It really did. It took me about a year and a half. But hope is essential to our lives. And, 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 and each one of us throughout each individual of our lives, we have instances in our lives where hope leaves. That hope, that peace, that, that, that assurance we have on the inside, it leaves us. Or at least we think it does, just because the circumstances aren't lining up to, to, with, with what we had envisioned. But I really feel like today, and if you could hear anything that I say today, God is wanting to come in, and I promise you, I promise you, God is wanting to come in, and He's wanting to put hope back into our lives. Okay? I promise. I promise. If, if, and I know, I don't know everybody's situation, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But I know that there's a God who loves us, and there's a God who cares for us, and he's for us. Do we really understand that God's for us sometimes? That he's for us and he's not against us? He's not out to destroy our lives. He's not out to bring as much destruction as he can. That's not him. But he's actually there to restore and to bring hope, hope back into our lives. I have a sister named Hope, so every time I say that, I think like I'm talking to her, but I'm really not. Her name is Hope Henderson. She's one of my favorite siblings. I have six. There's six of us. Our household was never boring as I was growing up, ever. There were six of us, and my mom was just, I don't know how she didn't go crazy, to tell you the truth. We weren't the best kids. <laughs> we were running around doing all sorts of things, but yeah, it was a good time. But hope is huge in our lives. And when that deferred that, that that deferment comes, you know what hope hope can lead, hope deferred leads to disappointment. You know what disappointment leads to? It can lead to depression. Think about that for a second. When your hope gets taken away from you, what are you? You're disappointed. At least that's what happens to me. 
If something doesn't happen the way that I want it to happen, I'm disappointed. And if enough of that happens to where I'm disappointed, I can become just depressed. And when I'm depressed, I'm a mess. Because now I don't feel like I can hear from God, and I don't feel like He's talking to me, and I feel like I'm the worst person here on the planet Earth. But that's, do you see the chain reaction of that right there? Hope deferred to disappointment to depression. And I'm not saying anybody in here is depressed today, but I know how easy it is to get there. Because I used to look at people's lives and I used to be like, just be happy. Why don't you just be happy? What's so bad in your life that you just can't be happy? Well, I figured it out real quick. (laughs) It happened real quick. But hope deferred can lead to disappointment that we actually place on God. And now we start putting our disappointments on him. Well, God, you disappointed me. We may not say it out loud. We may not maybe even think it. But in our spirit and in our, in our inner man, we, we can come to that conclusion sometimes that God has disappointed me. It's the furthest thing from the truth. It's the furthest thing from the truth. Because it says in the Bible that his ways are higher than mine. He knows. He sees the end from the beginning. He's not looking at the situation from the same angle that we're looking at the situation. He's seeing it from up here, and we're, and we're, we're looking at it from right here. And so he's seeing the whole thing. But hope deferred can lead to disappointment, which leads to, can lead to depression. But here's what I want to do. I'm not here to preach a doom and gloom message. Oh, no, we're all, we're all messed up. Sorry. Everybody go home now. That's not me, okay? That's not me. And everybody got quiet on me, so now I'm going to have to try to bring some more life back into this place. <laughs> all right? It's life springs. <laughs> this is life springs. So what I want to do today is, here's what, here's what I want to do. I want to give us five keys. Five keys to dreaming again with God. That's what it's all about. You talk about hope deferred. What's the counter to hope deferred? Dreaming again. Dreaming. And that can be painful sometimes. That can be a painful thing to do if you're coming out of some real, real situations that, that, that your hope has been deferred. But I want to give us five keys today, okay? And this is number one. We have to make sure all that we are, all that we are, all that Adam is, is found in him. What do I mean by that? Psalms 87.7 says this. It says, it, it says the dancers and the musicians, they all play. But, they, but this is what I want to focus on right here. It says, all my springs, everything that I am, all my springs are found in you. I love that verse. That's a good verse to read. Now, is it, is it always true in my life? Absolutely not. But the writer of Psalms here is saying... Lord, all of my springs, everything that I am, all that makes up Adam Henderson, all that makes up Dan Burst, all that makes us up, Lord Jesus, I want to find all of it in you. I want to find it all in you because, Lord, here's the deal, is I'm tired of trying to do it myself. The hopes and the dreams that I have, Lord Jesus, I want to find those things in you. I want to search you out and I want to search in you and I want to find my hope and my destiny and my dreams in you. Because that's when hope deferred is no longer present. If I can find out what God is dreaming about me, if I can find out what God sees about me, I won't have to mess with hope deferred anymore. 
Because now it's just not about Adam, and it's not about my selfish goals or my selfish ambitions, but it's about him. It's about him. So all of our springs, everything that we have, everything that makes up us as a person, even as a body, I'm not talking about from an individual, I am talking to individuals, but I'm also talking about a corporate body here. If we can find our springs, and even what, even what life springs, even how God sees life springs, and even what he's dreaming about life springs, if we can find that in God, I, I bet we'd be amazed at what we saw. It would blow our minds. So find all of our springs in him. Number two is this, is don't sell yourself short. Dream big. Dream big. You know, it's, it, it, it's easy as, uh, as time goes on and, and you, you encounter disappointment and you, just, you, you encounter discouragement and things like that. It's easy to draw back on your dreams. Say, I dreamed too. That last, that last thing I went after, it was too big. It was too big. I should have took it down a notch or three. Because it's easy. Now I don't have to worry about being disappointed. Now I'm dreaming about something that I can accomplish on my own. And that's not where we want to go. That's not what I want to do. You see, God, God, God has a problem. You know what that problem is? He thinks he's God. He thinks he's God. And so with that, he thinks he should be involved in every aspect of our life. And he's absolutely right. And so with us dreaming without God, that's just going to bring dis- disappointment and discouragement. But, we can, but w- when we can dream with God, no longer do I have to scale it back because I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Now I can dream big. Because it's not just Adam fighting the battle anymore, but it's Adam and God. It's Adam and God dreaming together. Sometimes, sometimes we, don't, we, don't, we don't dream because it hurts. It hurts a little bit. I remember when all that stuff happened in my life. Like I told you before, I thought, no future. What am I going to do now? I couldn't even see past yesterday. <laughs> and I was living in today. But God had to shake me loose from that. And he said, you know what? I don't think this was my original plan or my intent. But this is what it is now. And now it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. Don't be stuck. Don't be stuck in the past. Don't be stuck on past disappointments. Don't be stuck on past relationship failures. Don't be stuck on past business adventures that didn't work out. Don't be stuck on those things. Because I want you to come and I want you to dream with me again. Now come dream with me again. And I promise you whenever I finally realized that, when I finally, I heard it, But when I finally grabbed a hold of it and I said, God, you know what? Anything's better than staying here. Anything is better than staying here. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to open my life up and I'm going to dream with you. Because before the foundations of the earth, you had a book written in heaven about Adam Henderson. And I'm not going to leave all of that book up for someone else to accomplish. I want to accomplish what it is that you have for me to do. And so now I'm going to dare dream with you again. And you know what? I'm going to take the hurt with it because there will be hurt and there will be discouragement come along. But you never can let it turn into that hope deferred to where God has somehow disappointed us. Because he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Let me tell you, he took a horrible situation and he, he turned it around in my life. 
He really did. He turned it around. And so I know for any of us in here in this room, you say, well, you don't understand me. You don't understand what's happened to me. You don't understand the failures or the disappointments that I've had in my own life. I don't care to tell you the truth. I don't care because I know what he's done with me. And I know what he's brought me out of. And I know that now anything is better than staying there. And dreaming again with God is the best thing that you can do to move forward. So dare to dream, okay? Dare to dream one more time. Dare to put your faith and your hope in everything that you are, all of your springs. Dare to put them in the Lord and say, God, now you take it and you do what pleases you. You do what pleases you. I'm just here for the ride. I'm here for the journey. So don't sell yourself short. Dream big. Number three is this. Begin to see ourselves as God sees us. Do we really understand the way God sees us sometimes? Mm-mm. We don't. I know it's really easy in, in my life to sometimes see myself as just Adam over here in the corner. Oh, that's what Adam does. He's doing his thing. But as, as a body and as a congregation, we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. I don't believe that Life Spring is here just to meet on Sunday morning. What's the purpose? So we can come in and maybe get a few goosebumps here and there. Hear dancing. <laughs> Even though it's beautiful, right? But that's not what it's about. Here's what I see. I see Life Springs as 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 a church that's making a difference. It's making a difference. We don't walk in here on a Sunday morning and close the doors and say, okay, let's do our thing and then let's leave and let's go have the rest of our lives. You know, and then I'll see you next Sunday. But Life Spring is put right here to make a difference in this community. That's what it's here for. And so what does that mean? Now, now that means I've got to stop dreaming just about me and have to dream about them. I have to dream about a community. I have to dream about different people. I have, to, I have to find God and I have to see what he sees about this community and even this town. Lord, what are you seeing? What is it that you want to do in this place, in this community? What is it? Because it's not just about a Sunday morning and how, how smooth a service can run without having any, any troubles throughout the service. But it's about getting out there and reaching the lost for Christ. That's what it's about. Dreaming bigger than ourselves. And seeing, uh, seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. If there's one prayer, if there's one thing that will ever, ever change your life. And listen, I'm not trying to stand up here and act like I know everything because I do not. Okay? I'll be the first to say that. But if there's one thing that's going to change our lives, and I promise you, one thing that's going to change our lives, it is to see ourselves like God sees us. It is. If we could ever throw on the God goggles, all right? I know that may sound a little strange or whatever. If we could ever throw on the God goggles and see ourselves the way that God sees us, we would be surprised and we would be amazed at what we saw. We would. Because like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't see us just as a couple of group of people, you know, in this church building coming for a Sunday morning. He sees us as people that can radically touch the community around here. 
and radically change it for him and radically bring in new people. Because that's what he's about. He's not satisfied with us just sitting here having a good service, even though he wants to touch us and he wants all of us to experience his love and his and his joy. But he wants them to experience it as well. So from that, so I mean, so now it has to go out between the four walls. And I'm not saying anything that like this has never happened before, but I just know God's heart. And I know our struggles that we even have in our church down in, in, in Colorado Springs. And it's to keep everything as nice and neat as we can get it inside the building. And be as comfortable as we can. Because I don't want somebody I don't know who stinks coming sitting beside me during church. Because then it, it ruins my whole church time and this and that. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I want it the way that I want it. But God goes, no. That's the way you're seeing it. Now I want you to see it the way I see it. And begin to reach the community, begin to reach the lost for who I am. So number three was to begin to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Because whether we know it or not, a lot of us Christians have an identity problem. We have an identity crisis because we don't know who we are. But God wants to change that. He wants to come in and he wants to say, no, this is the way I'm seeing you. This is who you are. This is what I've made you to do. Because if we can ever see ourselves and get that identity that God has for us, then now, now we have a hope and we have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you to give you hope and a future. I love that verse. Excuse me? Oh, no. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I love that because you know what? It means no matter how bad Adam can mess it up, there's always a hope and there's always a future out there. There's always a plan. God always has a backup plan. He always has a plan in place to bring us back to where he wants us. Number four, I've already touched on it just a little bit, but understand that not everything will turn out as we as we have planned. Because we're not the ones doing the planning. We're not the ones doing the planning. We're just the, we're just the ones reading about the plan. We find Jesus and we find him in our prayer and in, 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 in different situations. And we find out what he wants to do with this community. And we find out what he wants to do with life streams. And we find out what he wants to do with my family. And we find out what he wants to do with me as an individual. Because it's not about us. It couldn't be. God thinks bigger than that. Yes, there's a purpose and destiny for each one of us individually, but if it's all about me, then what is it really for? Nothing. If I just get a good experience out of it, I'm sorry, but I'm the type of person that if I get a good experience, I want somebody else to have a good experience too, so we can talk about it, you know? Let's talk. But it's not just about me. It's about him. Number five is this. It's learn from the mess-ups, but always remember the wins. When I used to play basketball, uh, when I played basketball, man, it was, it was, I loved basketball. It was my life. I loved it. And, uh, you know, uh, winning was always the best, right? Winning was always the best. But you know where you learn the most? From the losses. From the hard times. From the difficult places. That's where you learn the most. Or that's where I learn the most. And it's the same way in our lives. Anybody can win. Anybody can go through life with just success and victories just coming their way. 
Anybody can do that. That's not hard. But it's the losses. It's the disappointments. It's the discouragements. It's those things that we learn from. It's those places in our lives where we say, you know what, I'm making a change now. Because that doesn't work, but this does. My way's not going to work. I figured that one out. At least certain aspects of my life. My life isn't, my way isn't going to work, but I know yours will. I know yours will, Jesus. And that's the thing is, surrendering our lives to Him. Surrendering. Coming and laying everything down at, at His feet and saying, you know what, Lord Jesus? This is yours. You gave it to me in the first place. You gave it to me in the first place. So now I surrender my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions, everything that I am. And Lord Jesus, I want to find them, the new ones in you. What it is that you have for me. What it is that you have for this church. What it is you have for my business. What it is you have for my education. Everything I want to find in you. Everything. And I'm probably not going to go as long as, as, as you would normally here today. But uh, I just felt like God wanted to take our disappointments and our hope deferred and our discouragements. And he wants to turn it into something beautiful. He wants to turn it into something he can use again. Because it's real easy whenever something like that happens. It's real easy to fall in the corner and hide and think I'm a failure. But that's not the way God sees us. You know what? If you haven't figured it out by now, we are going to fail. We are going to lose some things. We are going to have disappointments. But that's not where we stop. It's where we get back up and what does the Bible say? Dust ourselves off. That's what what it's all about. Because the devil has no answer for somebody who will keep getting up. It's the truth. He has no answer for it. So will we, will we fail at certain things? Will we be disappointed? Absolutely. But like I said, the devil has no answer for somebody who keeps getting up. Somebody who will open their lives up and begin to, begin to dream again with God. Begin to dream and see what it is that he has for our lives and see what it is that he has for our businesses. The devil has no answer for it because now he's lost all control. We found everything in him. We found everything in the Lord. So would you stand up with me today? And here's what I want to do. Uh, if you just, you know, just raise your hands if you, if you feel comfortable doing that. And if you don't, just, just begin to meditate on the Lord. And I just want to pray for a second. So Father, right now, Lord Jesus, we come to you with our brokenness. We come to you with different areas in our lives that we have tried to hide. We come to you with all sorts of different things, Lord Jesus. Our disappointments, our depressions, our despairs, Lord Jesus. And we give them to you. Father, we lay them down. Lord, we don't leave them at the door so we can walk back out and pick them back up. We don't leave them at the door. But we bring them right here to you. Yes, Lord. And we ask you to take them, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to get rid of them. Father, take them and get rid of them. So that we might dream again with you. So we might see the purpose and the destiny that you have called us for. That we wouldn't sell ourselves short. But Father, that we would find everything, all of our springs, everything that makes us up, Lord Jesus. As an individual, as a corporate body, everything that makes us up. Lord Jesus, let us find it in you. 
Father, I want to thank you for being a loving God. Thank you for loving me, Lord Jesus. Even when I felt I didn't deserve it, Lord Jesus, you kept loving. And you kept showing your mercies. Lord, the Bible says that your mercies are brand new every morning. Thank you, Lord. Every morning. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. So I don't have to skip a day where I have to hold on to yesterday's baggage. But today, Lord Jesus, your mercies are brand new. And so, Father, today we just say we dream with you again. We dream with you again. And whatever aspect of our lives that you're, you're, you're asking us to step out of the shadows and begin to dream with you again. Father, today is that day. Today is that day. And Lord, we just want to say that we love you. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And at the cross I bow my knee.